Welcome back, party people. We are here for another episode of Legally Dirty Blonde. And let me tell you guys, I think this is going to be a good episode because we are going to be talking about all of this post-verdict insanity that has been going on. We've got Elaine's press tour. We've got some epic fails by the mainstream media. And uh, we've got we've got Dr. Spiegel again. So you know it's going to be entertaining and a little bit crazy. So let's get right into it. Honestly, guys, I don't even really know where to start with this because there's just been so much going on, really just so much. So we're just going to jump right in. There's been a lot of people that are claiming that this verdict is a setback for women, including Amber Heard in her statement that she posted like literally within five minutes of of the verdict coming out, as well as Elaine during her her mini press tour, which we're going to talk about. I posted about this last night, Uh, so to those of you who are friends with me on social, and I know it's a lot of you, I apologize for repeating myself, but hey, not everybody wants to be a part of the insane asylum that is Twitter, right? And I don't blame them. Now, I know this is a topic that some people are, you know, they're, they're scared to talk about their opinion on it, and I understand that, but I'm here to say you should speak up and you should feel fine doing so. I've been covering this trial in depth from a legal perspective, and as a person who has personal experience with IPV, I am emphatically telling you, this woman, Amber Heard, is the one causing harm to real survivors. It is not the verdict. And we're going to get more into this, but I have seen headline after headline claiming this verdict will make survivors and victims even more fearful to come forward in fear of being sued for defamation. And this argument is just like not only completely misleading, but it is totally illogical. So let's let's break down that argument. The only thing this verdict does is warn people that if they choose to publicly lie about sexual abuse, IPV, domestic abuse, they're going to face serious consequences and they're going to be held accountable for that shit. This verdict doesn't affect survivors. It affects liars. And you know what? Fuck liars, right? Fuck them. People keep saying that, oh, this is going to make it harder for them to come forward and more fearful. And that's just not true. This is why. You, you should, I mean, of course, of course, I understand that it is a difficult decision to make to actually come forward, and it's a very scary decision to make sometimes, and most of the time in these situations. However, they're not, they don't have to fear defamation. They don't have to fear being sued for defamation because they will be telling the truth if they go to a police station and report a crime. I doubt many people are in a celebrity marriage that are going to go to the Washington Post and write an op-ed about their celebrity ex-husband or current husband. But anyway, you get you get my point. The whole thing means this isn't about, it's not about survivors. It's not about affecting survivors. It's about stopping people from lying about being abused, falsely accusing people of, of abusing them, and riding on the coattails of a movement so that they can further their career or, you know, whatever the fuck reason it is. That's what that's what this verdict will do. It will hopefully deter people from making false accusations. It will not deter real abuse victims and real abuse survivors from telling their truth because they will be telling the truth. And you know what, guys? What did we learn? We've learned this before. The truth is an absolute defense to defamation. So you're not going to get sued for defamation if you're telling the truth and it's clear and you have evidence. It doesn't even matter. If you're telling the truth, you're good. Only the liars have to worry about this. So, you know, and I, I, this is, how is this going to affect people coming forward to report their abuse to police or, you know, to get help? It's not because you're not going to risk getting sued for defamation when you go to get help for this. It, it's just a silly argument. You, you guys get what I'm saying. I'm all heated about this. Everything that happened since the verdict, I'm like actually more like aggravated by. But all right, let's, let's keep going before I start ranting. Although I'm going to start ranting soon, I'm sure. You know, also, I think, I think another point to make here is that this verdict is confirming it more so than any, like it's confirming to survivors and victims that the facts in evidence is what the jury cares about more than the nonsense bullshit testimony that a piece of shit liar is giving. It gives faith that the justice will be served, you know? So I think that's, I think that's a, an important point. 
I also see a lot of people saying, this is setting a dangerous legal precedent. And I gotta, I gotta drop some knowledge on those folks. Trial courts do not set legal precedent. They follow and actually are required to obey the precedent that is set by the appellate courts of their jurisdiction. And of course, the Supreme Court. So if you hear that, if you see that, go, go tell those people claiming that, that they don't know, they don't know the law and you do. So, all right, let's, let's get, let's get through some serious points first, then we'll get into the craziness. I also posted about this. So again, sorry guys, but I'm going to repeat myself because I think it's important. So I have seen so much shit about feminism being posted. And I've realized that a lot of these people do not know. They don't, they don't know what feminism is. Uh, I don't know how, but they seem pretty confused about it. Feminism is about equality. It's not a bad thing that a woman is being held to and judged by the same legal standard that a man is or that a man would be. Amber doesn't get a free pass for maliciously defaming someone just because she has a vagina. That, my friends, would not be gender equality, and it certainly isn't feminism. I'm so bothered by the hypocrisy of a lot of women I'm seeing using gender equality when it benefits them and calling it oppressive and misogynistic when it doesn't. So, you know, if you claim to believe in gender equality, then you should easily understand this verdict. Amber is not being harmed. She is not being silenced. She's being held accountable for her own actions and her malicious lies by a court of law and by a jury. So I'm, I'm, I'm very bothered by this in case you guys couldn't tell. And you know what? To all those people that are going to call me a misogynist for saying this, riddle me this. Wouldn't it be rather misogynistic to think that a woman is always the fragile, feeble victim who could never be stronger or more powerful than a man in a relationship. That type of rhetoric is dangerous and harmful to women. That rhetoric is misogynistic. We cannot just believe all women. This is a dangerous and inherently contradictory, and it's inherently contradictory to our fundamental legal standard of, you know, just that, just that little thing that we have here, innocent until proven guilty. This case has really shown how incredibly important that standard is. We listen, and I am not saying we can listen to, support, and investigate all women's claims without destroying someone before we have a single shred of evidence. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying ignore claims. I'm saying do the due diligence, then we'll go after them. And this isn't just for women, of course; it's for men too. But you know, I, I the people that are spouting this bullshit are the ones that who only speak of female victims, and obviously couldn't even imagine that a male could be a victim, which is also a very a very um, upsetting or frustrating point that has been clear in a lot of these, a lot of these Twitter things that I've seen. So, you know, if you don't think the standard of innocent until proven guilty is important, come back and talk to me when you or someone close to you is falsely accused, defamed, has their life destroyed. We'll see how you feel about it then. I think you might feel a little differently. It's not about silencing women. She's being held accountable the same way anyone would be held accountable. I know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, guys. I really doubt anybody saying those types of things would be listening to me. But hey, even if that's true, you guys can use these arguments to logically tell them they're wrong. And that's exactly what we're here for, right? Logical, non-emotional, devastating arguments that always win. <laughs> now, I have also seen a lot of people who are trying to make this trial, this defamation trial, political. And I got to say, please, please fuck right off on that. You're obviously not watching the trial if you're trying to make this political. This is about truth and accountability. That's about it. It is not about Republicans and Democrats. It has actually nothing to do with that. So please stop with that. Also, do you know what I find funny? Uh, we know Amber Heard supporters are like, <laughs> uh, Deb supporters are right-wing extremists, which is just laughable in and of itself. If you I'm sure anybody, people listening probably know this, but Johnny Depp had some um, things to say about Donald Trump, and you should go look them up yourself and tell me if you think that any right-wing extremist is going to be a Depp supporter. Let me know what you think about that. But you know, people, so that's what we hear. That's what we hear all the time. These are right-wing extremists. Okay, so tell me this. Tell me this, guys. Why do I feel, why am I reminded of, and wait a minute, let, let me um, preface this by saying, this is not a political statement on my part. I am just making a comparison that came to mind. Why do I feel like them failing to accept the verdict and move on is exactly like Donald Trump not conceding the election? 
So I just found that kind of funny and pretty hypocritical because what else is new? What else is new with them, right? So, okay. I've seen a lot of people being like, this verdict is silencing Amber Heard and it's taking away her right to, fr- to speak freely. And just to be clear, in case people don't know this, the verdict in this case doesn't, doesn't come with a side ruling that says, also, Amber Heard cannot speak about her claims of abuse against Johnny Depp. However, she would be a fucking moron if she did and would face the same legal consequences she is now. Like I've been saying, and like you've all heard, defamation is one of the limited exceptions to free speech in America. So, sorry, hun. You're shit out of luck there. So, let's talk about Elaine and her, and her day-after-verdict television uh, appearances. Her first one was on the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie. Normally, I mean, I just happen to have this, I, I don't even watch the Today Show, and it just came on, and I was like, wow, wow, this is incredible. Like, I never watch it. And I was like, I am here at the right time. Savannah's, like, not exactly always the best uh, interviewer because she doesn't always push back. Her face was so angry at Elaine. So I was like, okay, all right, all right, we're, get, we're getting there. But let me tell you, that one wasn't as good. The CBS morning show, honestly, I don't know what it's, I don't know the name of the show. Gail King is on it, though. That one was the epic one. Elaine sounded like she was reading the exact same script, though, from both of them. It was very strange. She, she literally gave verbatim answers. It was, it was odd. The CBS interview definitely pushed the fuck back on Elaine and was much better to watch. I'll link them both here. But if you're going to watch one, watch CBS. So let's get into what, what Elaine had to say during this interview. And I'll, I'll try to be quick. I mean, the whole thing is like six minutes long. You guys can watch it yourself. But I, I have to point out some of this bullshit. So Rottenborn wasn't there, by the way. Just a thing to point out. I have a feeling that he was like, bitch, you can ruin your own career. I'm done with this shit and that nightmare client. I'm out. But anyway, Elaine shows up uh, to, to, the, to these interviews. She's alone. Amber's not there either. And you know what? I'm actually wondering, like, because I'm like, what, what, why is she even there? You know, like, you you lost. Why are you here? Like, if anybody should be on the Today Show and on this whatever, the CBS Morning Show, it should probably be Camille and Ben and probably not you. But I was wondering if maybe these were planned, like, the day before. And then she, thinking they were winning, thinking they were winning. And then that didn't exactly work out for them, did it? So... Also, I already said this on Twitter, so yet again, I'm being repetitive. Sorry, guys, but I I have to outwardly apologize for my last episode where I basically defended Elaine and I'm really fucking angry about it because, you know, I was I just went out of my way to be too nice to her and give her the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, it's hard being a trial attorney, so on and so forth. Their clients a nightmare, blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, I wake up the next morning and see this asshole spewing bullshit on television. Needless to say. It's one thing to make yourself look like a dumb asshole, Elaine, but when your dumb ass starts making me look stupid, I have something to say about that. You know, I'm I, after I saw these, I, I just, she is unethical, disrespectful to Judge Penny, disrespectful to the jury, and, and to the entire judicial process, and you'll, you'll see why. So let's, let's debunk some of the crap that she spewed. Again, we hear about this mountain of evidence. Mountain of evidence. You guys know how I feel about the, the anthill of lies. But according to her, this extremely relevant tes- testimony, or excuse me, evidence, there was, there was evidence that was not permitted to, like, as admissible evidence in the Virginia case. And Judge Penny was wrong on not allowing that to be admissible. Okay, we've got some issues off the bat. Right off the bat, Elaine, we have issues. Oh, she also brought up... Not, Judge Penny not allow, uh, allowing the court, uh, the cameras in the courtroom was also wrong. It was wrong. Okay, let's talk about this. Elaine, are you seriously cr- criticizing Judge Penny Askratz? One of the most fair and knowledgeable judges that I have ever seen? You mean the judge that had to spoon feed you the questions to ask to your own witness because you literally don't know how you're doing, how, how to run a trial or how to deal with objections? Elaine, you are an asshole. That judge helped you. Never in my entire life, or career, I should say, have I seen a judge have to tell a trial attorney how to be a lawyer. And you're over here saying that she's wrong? Wow. Wow. Of course it's not Elaine's fault. It's never Elaine's fault. It's the judge's fault and the jury's fault. Because again, just like her client, she can't take accountability for her own shitty lawyering. So what, what evidence is she talking about here? This new evidence that, or evidence that wasn't allowed in. 
She says they have therapy records going back to 2012. And also she wants these texts from Stephen Duders, Johnny Depp's assistant, into evidence. And I'm sure if you guys have been have been following this case, you probably know. But basically, the Stephen Duders texts are from or they're a, they're in reference to the Boston plane ride where she says he kicked her, like kicked her to the ground, you know, and nobody helped her. And she was on the ground and staring at staring at the carpet again. Um and the text from Steven Duders does say, I told, like, it's basically saying, like, oh, he he's fucked up, but he's in bed now. Like, it, obviously, they were separated. He is texting Amber, and he's saying, I told him that, you, that he kicked you, and he started crying. So, obviously, that is why they want those in. However, um, like, number one, I think that it's, like, I mean, think about it. You're going you're gonna to say that Johnny Depp kicked somebody because Steven Duders said he did in a text. I don't think that, like, from a common sense standpoint, that really makes much sense to me. But, you know, on a legal standpoint, it was properly excluded as an inadmissible hearsay. So we've talked a bit about hearsay, but let's just talk about it again. Hearsay is when you try to use an out-of-court statement. So, like, obviously it could be a conversation, but these text messages count too. An out-of-court statement that you're using to prove the truth of the matter asserted, meaning Johnny Depp abused her or Johnny Depp kicked her. So since Stephen Duders wasn't subpoenaed by Amber Heard's legal team, he wasn't going to be called to testify to, to these texts. Hence, that is hearsay and it is inadmissible. Like if he could speak to them and confirm them and stuff, that's a different story. But since he wasn't there and, that, you know, they didn't subpoena him, they weren't coming in. So basically, they, they tried to get these in during Johnny's cross-examination. Johnny's team asked to approach. And when they approached, Rottenborn had to move on. And when when... When a, an attorney asks a question and it gets objected to by the other side and they go and they approach, if they if when they come back, that attorney that's asking the questions repeats their question again, obviously that's going to mean that they won. They won the objection. If they don't and they move on to a totally different topic, you can be sure that they lost that fucking one. So basically, Elaine is claiming that Judge Penny improperly excluded this evidence and I can tell already that she is going to try and use this argument as grounds for appeal. She's going to claim that the judge erred, listen to me, listen to me in my legal words, in excluding this evidence and that they should be allowed a new trial because of this. This isn't going to fly. It's not going to fly. Why? Because Judge Penny knows her shit and wouldn't make a dumb mistake like that. Only Elaine would. Uh, you know, we know, we know that Elaine does not understand hearsay, hearsay objections, or how to respond to them. That is not the case for Judge Penny. Um... Also, even more important in this situation, it's, it is the fault of Amber Heard's legal team entirely that Stephen Duders wasn't subpoenaed. I don't know why he wasn't. Why didn't you fucking send the dude a subpoena, Elaine? Like, it, it's really not that hard. Um, so that's on her. That's on Elaine. That's not on any, on anybody else. It's not on the judge. It's not on the jury. It's actually not even on Amber, to be fair. Um, so, you know, really what I'm trying to say, Elaine, is sit the fuck down before Judge Penny lays down the law on you. So then they ask her during this interview, you know, why do you think the jury didn't believe Amber? And what is Elaine's response? She says it's because of Johnny Depp. That's why they didn't believe Amber. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm like, okay, Elaine, it's definitely not because your client lied over and over and over again on the stand and made herself look like a lying sack of shit. Of course, that's not why. She said it's because of Johnny Depp's celebrity status. And the panel's like, well, isn't, isn't your client a celebrity too? Awkward, awkward moment. She also brings up the UK trial, which guys, we've talked about this. We know we know why it's not we, we know why it's not relevant. It's not relevant. But for anybody that's new here, we can talk about it for a second. Why I'm going to give you two main reasons why it's not relevant. Maybe I'll give you three. We'll see. Amber wasn't a defendant. She wasn't a party to that suit. It was Johnny Depp suing the Sun, the publication the Sun. She just came as a witness. So she wasn't, you know, she didn't have to turn over any discovery. She didn't have to give up anything. She just had to come and spew her bullshit and go home with a smile on her face. So the second one is that the defamation claim in the UK case came out of that, you know, the headline from The Sun that called Johnny a wife beater. The claim in the case in Virginia came out of a totally separate article that at the time that this, I think by the time The Sun case was started, the, the article hadn't even been published yet. So, you know, obviously it's two separate claims of defamation from two separate publications. But also, just another point, due process is another, it's actually a really important point because you know, in America, you have the right to a trial by jury. And 
in the, in the UK, they just had this grumpy old judge. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I would much rather... It, it depends, really. Um, actually, I, I'm taking that back. You would much rather have a jury of seven people trying to decide what's going on than, than a grumpy old judge that's going to catch on a lot of legal technicalities. So, um, you know, Johnny got a, a better trial here. And you know what? I keep saying to people... There is a reason why Johnny Depp won this time, and it's really not that hard to understand. Johnny was not allowed to bring in a lot of the evidence that we saw in this trial and to the UK trial. So in this trial in Virginia, Johnny had a chance to bring in all the relevant evidence, all of the witnesses and experts. The, the UK judge actually didn't allow anybody to have in any experts because it was taking too long. So if that really, if that tells you anything about what's going on uh, or what was going on in that courtroom, you know, it was taking too long. Okay. But anyway, so he got all of his experts, all the evidence. And Amber Heard testified in this trial on the stand, and the world saw it, and the jury saw it, and they saw through it all. There wasn't one judge, again, there wasn't one judge taking her word as law. He won because the truth was told this time. That's that's it, plain and simple. The truth came out this time, and it was very restricted last time. So I feel like I'm taking too long in this stupid Elaine interview, so let me move on. They asked her some funny questions. So, guys, definitely just go watch this yourself because it's worth it. And I'm, like, really not doing it any justice. They asked her um, why they thought why she thought the jury didn't believe her because they found that – they didn't just find that Amber was lying. They also found that she did so with malicious intent. She really didn't have a response to that. If you listen, you'll hear. Her response has nothing to do with the question they asked her. Now, for me, there was this one part that really stood out. She's talking about her closing statement. She goes – I mean, I practiced my closing statement like a hundred times after after the trial. And that's what it takes to be a good trial attorney. Number one, I, I got to give some advice here. Please, you should do the exact opposite of whatever Elaine said she does to make her a great trial attorney because we all saw that performance. And you know what? I think we can all agree that it wasn't a great a great performance. Uh, Camille, was a, Camille was perfect and... Elaine was something, something less than perfect. So I also have a question for Elaine because why is she practicing her closing argument a hundred times after the verdict? Does this make any sense? Maybe that's why she's, she didn't do a good job because she's not practicing a hundred times before. I mean, doesn't that, that kind of makes sense that that makes sense to me. Now we get to the most infuriating part, infuriating part of the interview. She says that social media and the gallery in the courtroom influence the jury and bias them in the verdict. My brain is exploding. My brain is literally exploding when I hear this. I'm infuriated by this for so many reasons, guys. It's, it's not okay. This is what really turned me against Elaine. She knows that this is unethical to say this, and it completely undermines our judicial process and the jury system, and it just shows a complete lack of respect for them, for, for both of those things. She is a complete asshole for doing this. Those jurors sat there for six weeks of testimony and evidence and didn't come back. Um, like, they spent three days deliberating. They didn't come back that day. They took enough time to figure it out. And, and look, at the, at the end of the day, they found for her client in, in the amount of $2 million. So are they biased? How are they biased, Elaine? Please tell me how they're biased when they gave your, gave your client $2 million. So she's basically claiming that when they went home at night and when they had this 10-day break, they clearly and obviously looked at social media because how else – obviously that is what made them vote for Johnny. It, was, it wasn't because Amber was, was lying and they could see that. They're not smart enough for that, right? I think that's something that really bothers me about this whole thing too. It's like they don't think that we're smart enough to realize that they're full of crap and that's offensive, you know, and I'm sure the jury felt that. I feel like, you know, when, when you feel like somebody's like – trying to trick you and you're like dude I, I know what you're doing you know it's it's obnoxious but overall I mean to say that the jury didn't follow the rules of the judge it's just completely disrespectful and it, it's disrespectful to not just the jury but to the judge too yet again she's being a rude asshole to judge Penny of course it I understand that it is difficult for them to avoid all of this stuff of course it is I mean we we know it's everywhere but you know, they do their best. And I don't uh, – this is something I'll look into because I forgot to. Um, I The jury was not sequestered. We know that. But I don't know that Elaine asked them to be. So if she didn't – she brought this up during the interview too. So if she didn't ask them to be, again, that's on her. You know, she has to do her job too. She can't, like, appeal that issue. That's not something – if you forget to do something, that's your fucking problem. So let's see. 
funny thing that happened today, actually, so or yesterday, excuse me. She was supposed to go and do a court TV interview the next day. And so that that would have been Thursday. She at the, it was like 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. She was supposed to be there. I think it was like 1.03. They're like, Elaine Bredhoff had an emergency and had, had an emergency is what they say first. And then they say it again. They're like in the court and she had to appear in court. And I got to say something about this. What emergency did, did Elaine have in court? Since when are lawyers unaware that they have to appear in court? What's that about? What case is this for Elaine that she has to appear for that somebody from her own firm can't go for her? I'm a little confused. I think this is a lie. I am wondering, I don't know, did somebody finally say to her, yo, you are being unethical and you're going to get the fucking trouble by the ethics board or something like that. Like, sit sit down and stop talking about this. Or did Judge Penny call her in and say, you better stop bringing up my name. Keep your name out my mouth, Elaine. Did she say that? I don't know. I'm not sure if that would have, I honestly, that's complete speculation, but it would have been pretty fucking awesome. Um... It's so disrespectful that she was saying it's not only disrespectful, it's actually laughable that she thinks that she knows more law than the judge and that the judge was wrong. Like, get fucked, Elaine. Sorry, everybody. You know, I have a bad mouth. It just happened. So, you know what I learned about? I I learned an interesting fact about Judge Penny, guys. So I know I told you guys that she is a former Marine, which is obviously why she is so timely. And I love a punctual person. It really is important to me. When I am going to work, I am always or to court, I should say, I am always 15 minutes early, even though it's, it, it, do, it does nothing for me other than like make me feel better. Punctuality is really sexy. Remember that. <laughs> so basically, I learned that Judge Penny, you know, she's like I said, she was a Marine. So she works with veterans and she works with veterans with PTSD. And that is extremely interesting to me. Do you know what that tells me? That she knows Amber is full of absolute garbage with her PTSD claims. And yet she's still being so incredibly fair to her. So everyone get off Judge Penny's back. Judge Penny, we love you. And I would be so lucky as to practice before a judge like you. And I, I genuinely mean that. Also, we love your Pooh Bear backpack. She has a Pooh Bear backpack. And it was like a, it was like a nice leather backpack that had like this really nice Pooh Bear stitching into it. It was just really cute. She's adorable. Like, is that not the cutest thing you've ever heard? Um... When I, I showed my mom a picture and she was like, oh, my God, a woman after my own heart. Maybe that's why I think it's adorable. You guys are probably like, that's fucking weird. Anyway, let's move on. So overall, at the end of the at the end of the interview, she said she you know, she said they were appealing. We already knew that, though. Why did we know that? Because we have the tea here early. We get the tea when it's hot. We already know it. So I want if you guys will, I'll, I'll do I'll get into a little bit of detail if you want me to. Not today, but on the next episode. Let me know, though, about the appeal stuff. If, if you want me to. It's like kind of boring, but. We can make it exciting, right? Um, okay, let's get into some of the spicier stuff now with the with the mainstream media articles that have been coming out about this case. When I tell you that I have been heated about this, heated, I, my hair is on fire. I am so infuriated. I, I I'm you'll see why in a moment. Where do I even start? Okay, let's start with the Washington Post because of course they're gonna they're they're gonna be assholes because that's where that op ed was published. So. One of their journalists, and I won't say her name here, but I'm going to post the articles because you guys should see them because this is this is complete and utter nonsense, and it's and it's wrong and it should be exposed. One of their journalists penned an article. It was discussing the things we've debunked here, like this is a bad thing for survivors and victims and blah blah blah, telling telling me you know nothing about IPV while pretending to know everything. Good job, journalist. But more importantly, she also said some really rude and false things about our girl Alita on Legal Bites. So if Alita is the uh, host of the Legal Bites channel on YouTube. They live streamed the whole trial. It was amazing. It was wonderful. Highly suggest if you haven't heard me say that before, definitely go check her out. It's legal, like legal. And then it's B-Y-T-E-S. Um, so basically what happened is that the article says, oh, they're doing, Alita's basically only doing this for money and pivoted her channel to focus on debt for monetary value. Really? Really? Be more mad that people are turning to Alita for trial information than they are to the Washington Post. I wonder why that is, and you're going to see why in a minute. So she said she reached out to Alita for comment and, and didn't hear back from her before publishing. Well, Alita had something to say about that. She tweeted out about how she didn't, she, she didn't, 
she looked through her emails. She went through them twice. She even went, Alita did, went through her emails twice. This, this journalist didn't reach out to her ever, not once. So, so at this point, it, it, Alita's called her out and she's tagged her on Twitter. You know, she added her. All of a sudden, for the first time, this journalist reaches out to Alita. I think that's pretty funny. But it gets worse, if you can believe this. It gets horrible. I mean, it gets really bad. This this journalist is actually an idiot. Basically, what this journalist was writing is that these, you know, independent outlets do not have to follow ethical guidelines and, like, that spreads a misinformation and people shouldn't be looking to them. That was what the article was about. So she didn't give Alita a chance to speak in the article, and we're going to get a little more into that. But she's also claiming that Alita's spreading misinformation about the trial. Now, can somebody tell me how when a, a trial is being live streamed, you can spread misinformation about it? She's live streaming it on her YouTube, YouTube channel. That's how much this journalist looked into this. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. You can't, you can't misinform people with a live stream. They're watching it themselves. God, I can't believe how much of the narrative the mainstream media is trying to spin when they know that we have... We have seen the trial, or we could have, and we still can. You can go back on YouTube and watch it. I don't understand what they're doing. Anyway, I'm going to get way too, way too into this, and I can't believe we're already 30-something minutes in. Okay, so she's saying all of this shit. Now, she's also, I told you in the beginning, talking about all that, oh, survivors, women, blah, blah, blah. So this journalist is writing, you know, as if she's some female savior feminist and is writing about Alita on Legal Bites as if she's some grifter, which she is the absolute opposite of, and... They completely, this this girl completely fails to mention that she is a badass female attorney. She just doesn't, she doesn't feel that that's important to bring up. And I don't know if, listen, I think that, why do I think that? Because it didn't go with her narrative. It didn't go with the narrative of, oh, these, these law tubers are spreading misinformation and they're extremely misogynistic. That was, that was her take. And, you know, the fact that Alita is a, very educated lawyer, very, very knowledgeable lawyer, very articulate lawyer, doing a great job reporting on this case. She's, she can't put that in. That doesn't sound good, right? Why, why, would, she be, why would she be on Johnny Depp's side? <sighs> Guys, I, I really can't. So I also think that she's very jealous of the love that Alita's gotten for, for her awesome coverage. Get over it, bitch, or do better. That's it. So, I, so at this point, what happens? This journalist goes on to Twitter and just says a bunch of false information about what's going on with this because, you know, Alita called her out on Twitter and she was like, yo, girl, you don't reach out to me. What's going on? I told you that. So she, she, you know, you'll, you'll find her when I post the article so you can look at them all yourself, but I'm just going to say the important ones. She goes, after the story was live, I reached out to both of the, both YouTubers mentioned in the sentence just to be extra sure that there wasn't some sort of commentary they wanted to add. Neither provided comment for the story and both continued to post about me. Now, can I just tell you, Alita is not, if I know a lot of you probably don't know her, but I mean, I don't know her either. I just know her from Legal Bites. She's not somebody that's just going to post and troll somebody. She's not. She was like, you didn't ask me to comment on anything. What are you talking about? And you never gave me the opportunity to. So what is this girl doing? Why doesn't she just edit the piece and say, I didn't get a chance to talk to her? Like, why don't you just do that instead of doing this? This is nuts. So she goes... This should have been a small correction for a miscommunication, but it turned into a multi-day media cycle intentionally aimed at discrediting the Washington Post and me. We have a responsibility to recognize these bad faith campaigns for what they are and when these sorts of things do and do not warrant acknowledgement. I, I, this, a bad faith campaign? A bad faith campaign because you are being an unethical, untruthful journalist. Cool. Okay. Why are all these people unable to take accountability, guys? Okay, so let's see. What so what happened next is that, obviously, they still didn't correct the piece properly. They still didn't reach out to Alita. And so what happened? Hogue Law, who is one of the panelists on, uh, who, has his own, who has his own law channel, he is one of the panelists on, on Legal Bites sometimes, and him, him and Alita seem to be pretty close friends. He spoke out on Twitter to this journalist and he said, hi, it's not a bad faith campaign. I don't know. I don't know you from Adam and I invited you to talk on my show. It's that an article premised around the fact that content creators don't have the ethical bounds of legacy media, you or your legacy publication, meaning the Washington Post, 
managed to, one, misframe the legal status of Legal Bites Media and her panel as an influencer with no acknowledgement that she's a lawyer, two, lied about reaching out for comment, three, removed such lie without noting the edit, which likely would have ended the story there, four, added a note that merely talked of an inaccurate description of the contact with the individuals in question, five, revised the note again with a closer but still inaccurate description of the timing, I don't remember what number I'm up to, guys, but complained that folks, folks noticing is in bad faith. Noticing this is in bad faith. Cool. You or your publication have the responsibility to get things right. As I said, I don't know you. I have nothing against you. But I can see your output in this instance is wanting, especially when it wants to frame legacy media as the adults in the room. Talking about Washington Post is like the adult in the room compared to these independent outlets. He writes, I know that both you and the Washington Post can do better. And while I'm looking forward to seeing that, I fear that if you chalk all all of this up to all of these legitimate critiques solely to bad faith, neither you nor the publication will ever get there. I'd love for you to prove me wrong. Mic drop, Hogue. Hogue. Now, I saw a comment on this and it was like, why is this girl getting into a fight with a bunch of lawyers? And that's a really great question. I'd like, I'd like to know what she thought she was doing with this. I'd really like to know. But I don't know, guys. It's just like you'll, there's even more coming, but it's, there's a lot of misinformation going on. So next we're going to talk about an LA Times article. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. So the, an LA Times investigative journalist published an article that, and I'm paraphrasing here, said Jason Momoa testified via live, live link for Amber Heard and said, hi, Camille, during the testimony. Guys, guys, not only do, th- do those of us who have been able to, you know, watch all of the trial or at least most of the trial know that that is blatantly false. Do you know where he pulled this information from? Do you know? Like a, a TikTok video. Someone made a spoof TikTok of Jason testifying uh, via the live link, which, which looked nothing like when people did this at the actual trial, but also showed him literally fangirling over Camille. I posted this to Instagram story. Go watch it. It's definitely on my um, highlight reel by now. Guys, it's just so clearly not a real video. Even even if you didn't watch the trial, I I truly cannot believe that this uh, LA Times public published this or that they this guy thought it was real I really don't understand he must have not watched this either I cannot believe that this dude who claims he's he's an investigative journalist is reporting on the trial and he hasn't even he hasn't even watched the trial clearly he hasn't it's bizarre it's bizarre and he's it's completely ridiculous he's getting his information and relying on information from TikTok and he's publishing it in a mainstream media publication are you fucking kidding me I I am I don't know I don't have the right words but I archived I archived the article, right? And guess what? They they because they had edited it to 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 pull it out, but they and the archived version is also edited now. So it does have an editorial note and I'll I'll show you guys, but or I'll link it in the in the show notes, I mean, but it's just really really bad, am I right? So let me tell you guys about two other headlines. I I'm not going to read you part to those articles, but there was a Rolling Stones headline. Like, this is what I'm talking about. This, the mainstream media is basically reporting that this verdict is wrong. This verdict is harmful to women. Johnny Depp is an abuser. Johnny Depp should not have won this trial. It's really, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. The only people that seem to know what's good and are the ones that paid attention to the trial, which of course makes sense. People that are, or they're the mainstream media who doesn't give a fuck. So let me tell you the names of these articles. One of them was, Men Always Win. That was the title of the article. That was the Rolling Stones. I mean, the Rolling Stone. The Rolling Stones. Um, uh, the other one, I don't know which one this was from. It was the jo- the Depp versus Heard trial was an orgy of misogyny. What is what does that mean? What does that even mean? I am I am just baffled at all of this. I I'm I, I'm not just baffled. I'm actually disgusted that they can't just report things properly and say the facts that should not be a problem you should not need to put your own spin on things that is not the point of this if you're gonna do that at least give the other side too I don't know I really I listen I mean of course we know that the media has been you know screwing with us a little bit for the a a lot more than they used to for the past few years but this is just blatantly obvious and it's offensive honestly it's offensive because We know it's not true. And for them to be, they think they're tricking us. They're not tricking us. We were all able to watch this trial. What are they doing? It's, it's like gaslighting. It literally is like gaslighting. 
But anyway, listening to all these journalists whine about how independent journalists is misinformation and clout-seeking is pathetic and just obnoxious. They're assuming that everybody in the public is too dumb to determine what is fact and what is fiction, and that they should the public should just solely rely on these mainstream media publications to spoon-feed them the information that they want to spoon-feed them. Stop complaining that we are going to different outlets because you know why we're going to different outlets to seek information now. And that's because you're full of shit and you've proven that. You've really proven that. And I can only imagine that this is going to continue to get worse. I, I, I need to know what's going to happen with that girl from the Washington Post. It's incredible. Um, I'm so glad they pushed back on her. You know, that that's that's crap. So they just want to, you know, so like I just said, it's because they're, they're full of shit and they're just trying to push whatever narrative they're paid to push, even if it has zero basis. In fact, we aren't stupid. We see this, and honestly, I, I think in the coming years, we, we're going to see a huge surge of people leaving mainstream media for news and information because they're just going to keep proving that they do this, and people are getting fed up with it. People are getting very fed up. So I think I've pretty much explained all of my reasons why the people that are claiming this verdict is bad and all, all that jazz, those people are on a bandwagon, and they don't understand the law, and they didn't watch the trial. They, they really didn't. I, I, they must be they must be blind too because we if they watch the trial they must be blind because we know what we saw and the media is trying to gaslight us but they're not going to do that honestly I saw this also happen with the Rittenhouse trial too Re- regardless of whether you agree with with the verdict from a moral standpoint in the Rittenhouse case it's kind of immaterial I'm sorry guys it's not kind of it actually is you know we we don't really we don't really care about your feelings in the law unfortunately you know it's facts facts not feelings but. You know, the media in that trial acted as if his not guilty verdict was wrong on the law and that the jury got it wrong. And that's what they're doing here, too. And, you know, the public believed that in the Rittenhouse case for the most part. And like, honestly, except, you know, obviously this that was a polarized thing in terms of political things, but that people people were confused. And that was because the mainstream media was spewing that narrative and it was a wrong narrative and it divides people. And the last thing we need in this country is more division. Can we can we be honest about that for a second? Our country is kind of really in shambles right now in terms of the people. We have a huge divide and we don't need any more of this. And I honestly think that that's part of the reason why this, you know, the Johnny and the Johnny trial, like it wasn't political. It I mean people tried to make it political, but but it's not political. And it's there, you know, there's people on both sides on Johnny's side and it's just crazy that they tried to make it political. But anyway, this, you know, the thing with this me- misleading, uninformed, straight up false information with the mainstream media is exactly why almost all trials are public, meaning, you know, anybody can go to them. Anybody can go attend them in person, even if it's not televised. But it's also why it's so important that Judge Penny allowed for this to be televised. Can you even imagine how much worse the be- the, the bullshit the, would be? Like, misinformation is already everywhere right now. I can't even imagine if we weren't able to watch this. There would be no pushback. There would be absolutely no pushback. And people would be, I, I, I don't know. People are acting like Johnny Depp is Harvey Weinstein, and I, I don't know what to do about it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The man was, the man proved that she lied. What do you want? It's literally the fact that Johnny Depp was able to prove that she lied, was able to prove that she maliciously, intentionally lied, and, and people just cannot handle it. They cannot handle that he was right. It's because he's a man and she's a woman and it's really messed up and, you know, gender politics and all that. But it's just something to really keep in mind and really think about. And it's it's just it's just not right. He proved his case and everybody needs to shut the fuck up and sit down now. So back back to the the media thing, you know, imagine if this wasn't televised. They're literally it is televised and they literally just reported that Jason Momoa testified, even though he obviously did not. So, you know, they think we're idiots. They think we're actual idiots. And I find that really, really, really offensive. I'm not an idiot. And I know you guys are an idiot. So screw them. So let's see. There was actually one really incredible article. I've, I've actually found a couple now. So I'll, I'll link all of them. But this one, uh, it's truthful, it's intelligent, and it's written from someone who paid attention. And on top of it, it was written by a, sur- a survivor herself. It was a f- survivor who came forward about a powerful man, a influential man who abused her for years in a relationship, and she she wrote a book. This woman's name is Joyce Magner, and her article is genuine and the perspective of someone who clearly understands the reality of speaking out truthfully about powerful men, and I think her opinion is probably one of the most informed out of all of us or out of anybody. 
I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. I'm, I'm not going to explain it here. I think it's just worth reading. It's definitely worth reading. It's, you know, just from her perspective and how, you know, her opinions form throughout it. There is an upsetting topic I have to discuss really brief, briefly. So trigger warning for self-harm stuff. If, if you don't want to hear that, skip ahead like two minutes. That should be, that's probably excessive, but let's, let's just be safe. Amber Heard fans have been starting a hashtag trend called hashtag cut for Amber. They are posting photos of themselves cutting their wrists and with blood dripping, dripping down their arms. I, I obviously have not posted any of these for clear reasons, but I just really don't have the words for this aside from if, if you see any of those posts on Twitter, please report them immediately and please tell all of your friends too. It took over 24 hours for Twitter to take some of them down, despite like I know over hundreds of people were reporting them. I don't understand why the mainstream media won't stop backing Amber Heard. I mean, I guess I do Elon Musk and Twitter, right? But something like this is, is it's, it, people are hurting themselves for Amber Heard. It's insane. It's insane. I, one person I know, she told me that um, a girl, I don't know if it was a girl or not, a patient showed up to the medical place that she works and she lost a lot of blood because of this. And they told her that, they did it because Amber deserves justice and Amber didn't get justice. And that's absolutely fucking insane. And I, I, I mean, it's never okay to cut yourself for anybody, but let alone Amber Heard. It, or, I, I look at me, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. So like I said, please, please just, please just report those if you can. Actually, you know what? I have one more thing to say about this. Obviously these people are, are tagging Amber Heard and all of these and saying, we did this for you, Amber, and so on and so forth. Amber Heard has not said a single thing. Neither has her lapdog, Eve Barlow. And I think that that is absolutely sick. She should say, she should be saying to these people, please don't do this for me. I don't want you to do this for me. Why would you ever do this? Don't hurt yourself. She has not said a damn thing. And if you, if you're going to try to tell me that Amber Heard's not on Twitter reading all the shit about her, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know why they're not telling them to stop. They're harming themselves for her. It's insane. So... All right, we're almost done for the day, but you know what? Like all the, so don't worry, we're we're done with that topic, guys. All these random things always pop into my head when I'm talking about and thinking about this trial, and especially since the verdict has happened. So bear with me if I'm scattered a little bit. But I've just been thinking so much about the inequality, the gender inequality, and the the oh my god, what's the word I'm looking for? The double standard. So. You know, when Johnny Depp was accused by her back when she got her TRO, he was he was immediately dragged, dragged by the media. Nobody gave a fuck. Everybody was like, yeah, he's an abuser. Fuck that dude. Amber Heard is just proven to have made false allegations, basically false. I shouldn't say allegations, false claims about abuse about her hus- her ex-husband. And, and what's going on? They're saying, don't be mean to her. Why are you being mean to her? She doesn't deserve this. She, she, you know, she deserves redemption and sympathy. It's absurd. Why are we, why do, why do we not want to hold her accountable? I don't understand this. I truly do not understand it. Anybody got an answer for me? Let me know. I was listening to some of the audios and I, I also, again, like of, of the two of them, and I just can't get over. If, if Johnny Depp had been on tape saying, I didn't punch you, I hit you. You know, you aren't you aren't punched. I was hitting you. You're a fucking baby. And yeah, I did start a physical fight. I mean, he would have actually never been able to show his face in public again. Amber is on there admitting to all of that violence on tape and no one seems to think it it matters. Nobody seems to think it matters. And they're like, well, look, look at those texts Johnny sent to his friend. Look at those texts. Even though this woman's on this tape admitting to hitting her husband and says she she, she can't promise him she won't do it again. I don't know, guys. I really, I really don't know. It's an atrocious double standard. And if you support gender equality, then guess what? You shouldn't be okay with this fucking narrative. Why? Because you're, you're saying that this assumes women are always the weak ones. Women are always the victim and weak. They could never stand up for themselves. They could never, they could never be as strong as a man is what you're saying. They could, they could never wear the pants in the relationship because a woman is weaker than a man. I don't understand this. If there's a feminist out there who says this, I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're calling yourself a feminist because that's not what feminism is. You just hate men unreasonably is how I feel. And a lot of these, you know, new age, I don't know what to call them, new age, fourth wave, I've heard people say feminist. It's like radical feminism. And, and it's like all men are trash, hate all men. And that is, that's no way to live, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know why you would ever feel that way. 
I, I really don't because like every human is pretty much inherently different. So like maybe get to know somebody before you decide you hate an entire gender. Anyway, I digress. And I know that you guys don't feel that way. When I say you, I'm obviously not talking to you. I'm just like ranting, ranting by myself here. So I just want to be clear about that. I don't think you guys are like that. And if you are, talk to me about it and let's make that change. I said at the beginning of this episode, and I'll say it at the end, because we're here for facts, people, right? Feminism is about equality. It's not about beating men. It's not about beating men down and using gender bias when it's convenient for you. So either practice what you preach or get the fuck out of my face about it. How about that? Also, okay, last thing, not last thing, we got we got a little bit to go. Uh, these these articles are like, there's articles that are like, poor Amber Heard, she's broke and can't pay. Whether that's true or not, I don't, I really don't give a fuck because my response to that is play stupid games, win stupid prizes, Amber. And also, oh, oh yeah, let me, one more thing. Maybe try not to be such a shitty human that you, your, your own actions have resulted in you being liable for over $8 million to your former partner. This is your fault. So I don't feel bad for Amber that she's broke. That's not my problem. It's hers and it's nobody else's problem but hers. Okay, so I wasn't sure if we were going to have time for these last ones, but we're going to go through them. Dr. Spiegel. Dr. Spiegel decided that he was going to talk to Newsweek, guys. He went to Newsweek basically to complain about all the backlash that he's received. I'm sorry, bro. You did that to yourself. Why do all these people do things to themselves and then like expect people to fix it for them or act like they didn't do this? There's there's a pattern here. Am I crazy or is there a pattern here? Tell me. Tell me if I'm crazy. Tell me if I'm crazy like Dr. Spiegel. In case you forgot, this is the guy that was Amber's witness. He was super unethical. He never treated Johnny and he was basically diagnosing him and we'll, we'll get there. So he's complaining about the the fans bothering him and, you know, giving him bad reviews. And that's not cool. But and I'll get there in a second. But he goes, you know, Johnny Depp should be telling them to stop. He should be telling them to stop doing this to me. And he says, this is a quote, guys. The fact that he hasn't probably says potentially volumes about him, meaning Johnny Depp, that it, it says volumes about Johnny Depp, that he's not on he's not on social media. So he probably doesn't even fucking know this is happening. It's just it's just so it's just hilarious. Like, dude, you went up there and you made a fool of yourself and people were mad because, like, you were making a mockery of psychiatry. So, like, maybe just, like, you know, introspection. Maybe just look inward for a moment. Okay. Anyway, it gets even worse, guys. This guy thinks that uh, Johnny Depp is responsible for the wave of criticism he has received. You know, I don't know. On this, on this same train of thought, listen to this next quote from, from the not-so-good doctor. My thought has always been that before we choose a hero or a star, it's important to remember that we don't know them. We know their persona. I would say to people who have attacked me that they don't know Mr. Depp, just like they don't know me. Okay, and I, I go to him. I, I'm saying to Dr. Spiegel right now, you, you forgot to add that you, you don't know Johnny Depp either, and you tried to diagnose him on the stand. So that's pretty funny. Seriously, I cannot believe that this dude was saying this shit after he got up there calling Johnny a narcissist and clearly an abuser, when he also admitted he, he used pirates. He used pirates of the Caribbean in part of his analysis of Johnny Depp's baseline. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't know, man. I can't believe that he thought his, his testimony was fine. He, he, he sees nothing wrong with it. I mean, yikes. So super unethical. He's also a complete joke. So Let's move on. Actually, before I do, one second, I have to say something. People are giving all of Amber's experts very terrible reviews wherever they can on the internet. And I, I'm going to say, let's let's do the right thing and stop doing that. Let's let's stop doing that, guys, because we don't need to stoop to the level of Amber Heard stands. Her experts did enough damage to themselves there. There's really no need to do it for them. I just think it's unnecessary and it's petty, to be honest, because you know what? A lot of Amber Heard stands have negatively reviewed and rated my podcast, or not only one has reviewed it, but a number of them have negatively rated my podcast with one one star on Apple Podcast, and, you know, that was only because I pushed back on, on their crap, so that's not cool. Let's not let's not stoop to their level and do the shit that they do. We're, we're better than them. We're definitely better than them. So let me get to the last story of the day that I found because it's absolutely hilarious and I think you guys will laugh. So I see this I see this post on Twitter and it's by this it's a I believe she's a Stanford professor at at at, at Stanford she's a professor. Her look her up. Her at her Twitter handle is M L D A U B E R. This is what she posted today. 
Captain Jack in Pirates of the Caribbean whitewashed and erased slaves and slavery from the 18th century Caribbean, where its practice was probably the most cruel in the world. Pirates were often far, uh, far, from the freedom, far from the freedom fighters the film portrayed, but were slaveholders themselves. In case you needed another reason to hate Johnny Depp, the Pirates franchise is deeply racially problematic. In sum, even the fictional character Depp's fans, lo- Depp fans love and think is a real depiction of Depp himself is almost certainly a racist sociopath. Yeah. So she's basically saying, guys, you, you heard it. I can't. I, there is, there, you can't make this shit up. You really can't. That is a professor from Stanford. I are, what's happening? Like, what is happening? We're, we're Pirates of the Caribbean. Somebody, somebody better call Doc, uh, Captain Hook because he's going to, they're going to be coming for him soon. I mean, Dustin Hoffman, watch out. Oh, I, I, I have no words for these people. <laughs> so, all right, guys, I, I really have to say, to my party people, my listeners, my my awesome fucking new friends, you guys rock. You are incredible. The people I have met through the through covering this trial, I can't even begin. I don't have the words to describe it. It's just awesome knowing you guys. I'm I'm so happy I met so many of you. So let me see if I can remember uh, some of the people uh, the last episode that I think I probably forgot and some new people. And if I pronounce your name wrong, I'm really sorry, but I, I'm trying to, I, you know, I want, I want to give you credit where credit's due. I really enjoy talking to all of you and you guys give me some good ideas and stuff. So where are we starting? Okay, Joanne, you're first. Thanks, Joanne. Then we have Henry, little Jen, or maybe it's just Jen. <laughs> you know who you are. Daniela C. Oh, thank you for your super sweet tweet, by the way. That was awesome. Crystal, Yashar, Michelle, Brenda, Gail, Sally, um... Oh, my my fellow lover of, of learning everything about cults, uh, a Monita gift shop. And I, I know that that is not your name, but that's that's the only name that I got for you. If you want to let me know your real name, you could, you could DM me. Uh, we also have Callie, Jana, Lori, Lilith, Electric Frankfurter. You know, you know where I stand with you. Jerry and Aliana from Germany. And I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. You know, you were actually my first friend in this community, and I really appreciate your friendship. So if I forgot anybody again this time, and I probably did because it's hard. It's hard to keep up with everything. You know, like I said last time, just just let me know. Just yell at me, and I will be. I, I want to include you, so please yell at me and let me know. Let me know that you feel not included, and I will absolutely include you. Maybe I'll include you twice because you're that cool. So let's see. Oh, also, guys, go check out this. I, I've said it before. It's called the Narcissist Apocalypse Podcast. If if you're a survivor, it can be pretty cathartic to hear the stories of others and, and know you're not alone. Or even if you aren't, it's a really good way to learn about survivors and their stories. And also, if you if you are a survivor and want to share your story for others, definitely reach out to them on social media. They're lovely, and I know they would love to help you and love to help you share your story and your truth and can make you feel comfortable doing it if that's something you would want to want to do. So um, also, Van- Van- uh, this is random, but Vanessa Blair on Instagram has some has some really great tea and content on the Johnny stuff. If you're looking for a little extra, check her out. It's uh, Vanessa underscore Blair. Uh, now I've oh, OK, so now I've gotten some other ideas for from people for next season and I mentioned some of them last week but I forgot that I I did some research on that on this Danny Masterson case and if if you guys don't know who that is he is from that 70s show he was the white dude with the afro whose name I'm forgetting right now but yeah he is being sued by multiple women including it's either his ex-wife or his like ex-partner of like 10 years or something and amongst other women for basically drugging them and raping them in their sleep or even without drugging them and still raping them and I'm not going to lie, up to this point, it seems like it, it seems very likely that he is, in fact, a huge piece of shit. Uh, but again, benefit of the doubt, innocent until proven guilty. But uh, uh, this if you think this, if you're interested in this, let me get let me finish it because it might interest you more in a second. He's also a Scientologist. So and so were all of these women at the time when they met him. It's nutty, guys. It's really nutty. These women had to sign and not just these women. I mean, everybody does. You have to when you join Scientology, you have to sign all these contracts. You, you know, they, they say you have to sign all these contracts before you join my crazy cult church. And they didn't know what they were signing. I mean, a lot of people don't read shit before they sign it. I'm here to tell you as your lawyer, not as your lawyer. <laughs> if you need me, if you need a lawyer, call me. But do not ever sign anything without reading it. Read that shit. Read it. Because you don't know what you're signing. Just read it. It's really not that hard. Read it. 
basically these contracts in in these contracts it said if there is something if you know if there's a dispute arising uh, ri- uh, amongst members of the church you have to deal with that before a panel of scientologists and then you will be you will be judged by a panel of scientologists and apparently that included rape and sexual assault so obviously these women were like oh hell no and like really guys i i do you guys know any churches or, or real religion? Scientology is not a real religion. I'm not afraid to say that it's a fucking cult um, that makes you sign a, a contract a, about litigation before, you, before you're allowed to come in. I don't think so. I don't think so. That's because this isn't a church and it's it's a hoax. And it's basically, I don't even know what it is aside from a cult, guys. That's what it is. I mean, even the Catholic Church doesn't make people sign contracts. And we know what's been going on there for years. So... I think I, I think this is definitely I don't think I know it's a cult. All right. So basically, when these women brought suit against him, they were like, no, 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 you have to you have to bring this before the Scientology tribunal or whatever it is. And they were like, no. So they brought it before a judge in, in Los Angeles. And this judge, I mean, I don't know, guys, this judge was basically like, sorry, uh, I'm dismissing your case because you're you're bound by your cult contract. And even though these women are no longer even part of the church, this was really weird and not normal. And obviously, I would get more into this if we actually cover this. Um, but yeah, so they, they appealed it. And I believe I again, I'm not following it right now because I'm doing Johnny Depp with you guys. But it's the trial's not going on now. But I didn't I hadn't been able to get super in depth on the on the pretrial stuff yet. But I'm pretty sure they got the, the trial uh, the case back on fully. Maybe they may have gotten some claims dropped, but either way, um, it's, it's still happening. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Scientology and the, the cult of Scientology and how they feel about celebrities. Like, you know, Tom Cruise is like the, Tom Cruise and John Travolta are like the, the face of, the celebrity faces of Scientology, as was Lena Remini. If you guys don't know anything about Scientology, you should go watch her show. Um, I forget what it's called, but Le- Leah Remini, she left the cult and she like was like basically raised in it and she helps people get out of it. It's a, it's a, it's a good show. You should watch it. It's just interesting. You're like, what the fuck? You're like, this goes on and people join this on purpose. <laughs> but anyway, their, their obsession with celebrities, you, they will literally kill somebody for a celebrity. I mean, they'll probably kill somebody anyway, but they would, they would literally do anything for their celebrity members. They're obsessed with them. They think, they, they treat them like gods. I don't really know why. I, I, I think they think it helps them get more cult members or something like that. But Danny Masterson is, in fact, a celebrity, and they treat him as such. They I believe they actually sent the president, or the, I don't know if it's the president. What is he, the priest? I don't know what he is. I forget his name. Uh, David Miscavish is his name. They, like, I'm pretty sure he went with him to trial, uh, to court one day when he had to be there. Not, not, they're not at trial, but, you know, pre-trial stuff. And I was like, what? What is this guy doing here? I mean, I don't know. Weird stuff, guys. But basically, at the end, at the end of the day, I'm trying to say I think this might be a really good trial to cover that'll be coming up soon. And it's actually going to be two trials because there's a civil case and a criminal case. So I don't, obviously, they will not be happening at the same time, but let me know if you guys think this is a good one or not. I, I want to know what you want to hear. So let me know because I obviously want you to keep listening and I want us to keep talking. So let me know what you want to do. If this doesn't sound good, tell me. I don't give a shit. It's not my story. So next episode, let me see. What are we going to talk about next episode? Oh, first, let's. I'm going to try to look into this whole like who's paying for Elaine and Rottenborn and who's who the fuck's going to pay for her appeal. But I've seen, so, I mean, obviously we have this question of Elon Musk, that's speculation and probably totally not true, but there's also been articles and a lot of talk about how her homeowner's insurance is paying for this, and that just seems a little odd to me. I mean, I I don't know, I could be wrong, but the only times that I've ever heard of homeowner's insurance paying for, like, legal fees, and I don't mean, nothing will be paying for the damages that she owes, I'm talking about, like, Elaine and Rottenborn, what they're getting paid. It said that the articles are saying this, but I, I have to look into it more. The only time that I've ever heard that happening is like if somebody gets hurt on your property or if your dog bites them, something like that is when your homeowner's insurance policy would cover them. I, I just don't see the connection between defamation and homeowner's insurance, you know? Again, I could be totally wrong with my assumption, um, which is why I want to check it out for you guys. So yeah, that'll be a quick one once I look into it. But also, there was this whole, I kept seeing this meme or this tweet or whatever, I don't know, whatever the fuck. It was basically saying that there's like this bankruptcy code section that base, that because she committed an intentional tort, that's what it's called, we could talk about that too next week, an intentional tort, basically she intended to do what happened here, 
that she will not be able to even if she files for bankruptcy, she will still owe the $8.3 million. But I, again, something that I have to look into. It's a technicality. I did read the statute on this, but I, I need to look at the case law because, you know, context matters, guys. So also, I, I had said at the beginning, I, I'll briefly explain the appeals thing. If, if, you, if you want to know more in detail, let me know. I'll just talk about like what the timing is, how that'll go down, uh, what are some of the options, most, and that, that'll pretty much be it. I, I'll find some other stuff. There's, there's going to be a lot of crazy shit going on, and you guys know it. It's going to be – these are probably fun episodes. I, I enjoy doing them, so hopefully you enjoy listening to them. So most of you listening already know where to find me with your questions and comments and insights and all that lovely stuff that you give me. But in case you're new, and we love newbies here – Come find me and all these wonderful people on social media on Twitter at LDBlondePod and on Instagram at LegallyDirtyBlondePod. I forget to say this all the time, but I'm, I'm remem- remembering this time. So if you're enjoying the show and you have a minute, please, please, please uh, give, me, give me a rating, give me a review, write me a little love note. I know on Spotify you can't give a, you can't give a review, you can only give a rating. Guys, it's okay. I, that's totally fine. I only ask if you can. You can't. You can't make magic happen. I've had a couple of people be like, "I don't know where to give you a review," and I appreciate that so much. But I don't think you can do it on Spotify. I don't know about like Google Podcasts or whatever. But if you can leave a review, I appreciate it very much. But that's it. That's pretty much it for today, guys. Pretty much that is it. I don't know why I always say that, but like I said, new thoughts on this come up for me like every five seconds, and there's going to be a lot of stuff going on this week. People on the internet are crazy, and it's it's kind of like exhausting, but it's also really entertaining at the same time. So until we meet again, guys, remember, legally, dirty blondes have more fun. Mm-hmm.